What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, our 301st episode. We've crossed that barrier and on to new unexplored territory, but I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Only 119 more episodes before we can finally call it on episode 420. <laughs> put this this damn podcast to bed for good. Put it to rest. Send it out to pasture. We're going to blaze it and peace out. <laughs> Honestly, that is that there's no other way how this show should I feel like that's end. the way to go. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. We'll have 100%. Willie Nelson as our guest and then we'll just leave forever. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. He's like, "Well, my arthritis won't let me play these these video games anymore, but you know, I'll play a tune oh, on boy. Trigger." <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us for another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show. You can catch new episodes on Thursdays when the new, when they are released on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below, as well as links to where you can find us on social media, such as Facebook, Instagram, Threads, and you can join our Discord server, too, where we have a lot of great conversation, and honestly, where we're the most active i would say that's that's not a stretch of of the imagination to say that we are the more active on on discord and have a lot of fun interactions and conversations over there but if also if you love team chat podcast you've been listening to us for 300 episodes or you know jumped along somewhere along the way you and you're like man this is really cool podcast i really like what they're about and want to help make this show bigger and better well you can do that by going to patreon.com slash team chat podcast just like arc super saiyan ace erica l elise f zach s susan m james k michael b andrew m michael s and brandon w have done they've headed over to patreon.com and support the show for as little as a dollar a month just like you can and in return we'll give you cool perks like in the episodes early before their general thursday release and access to a private channel on our discord server the rogues gallery and a lot of extra stuff along the way but if you can't do that that's no big deal we totally understand There are a lot of great free ways that you can support the show as well such as telling your friends writing us reviews or subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the show but regardless of however you, f- you find us and how you support us we love you all heart emojis to each and every one of our viewers, listeners, patrons alike. I almost forgot about the heart. I did too. I was spacing it's a out new so era. hard. Wow. <laughs> That's how far away I was, Jerry. You know what I was thinking about? What were you thinking about? I got so distracted because <laughs> you started to start doing the Patreon spiel and then you ended it in a different way than you normally do. I know. I kind of like realized I had like tripped myself up and was like, oh, I got to fix this somehow. But, but, but like it. the way that you phrased it left the door open to like other stuff and I, my brain immediately was like, damn, why aren't we doing feet pics on Patreon? <laughs> That was my number one thought. Start up our Patreon and, and then have our wiki feed entries and you can you know rate us there. There are people online that do like, um, and not even like on Patreon, they just do it for free. Yeah. The fetish porn artists out there that do stuff for just nothing. Like people that will step on loaves of bread and like anything oh, else yeah, they yeah, can yeah. find is like that genre. I was like, man, it's too bad that like video game boxes don't squish better. <laughs> so I was thinking about like, what could we step on? <laughs> We have a lot. Do we have some figures content. or something? You have like a Sephiroth and see the. But how, none of them are squishy. That's what true. could we possibly? Because that's the whole point. I mean, we don't have anything that's crunchy enough to no, be good, that or anything squishy enough to be good. Yeah, they're all just like pliable plastics. Yeah, like they. they Sorry, we got nothing. <laughs> we we could always be brutal to ourselves and do Legos. <laughs> <laughs> That falls into the torture porn category, Yeah, it does. Though. So anyways, if that's your jam and that's something you would pay for, just let us know. Let us know. And, you know, subscribe on patreon.com slash podcast slash feet. 
Uh, but so, those Lego kits are expensive, so that's going to be at the fifty dollars. Exactly. Tier. So you know, you really got to throw out the money if you want to support us. There. Uh, yeah. Anyways. But so oh, that's you know what? Facing out so hard. I love it. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm just always innovating, Jared. I'm always, just always thinking, thinking of new, of new ways, ways to, to make back money. To the people. I got it. <laughs> hey, and the people are—they always come back week after week after yep. week. So you know what? They're open to it. That's all I'm saying. But. We do have a fun episode uh, ready for you with two potential reviews. We'll see how long this first one goes. But uh, we're gonna—we're each bringing a game for review because it is spooky season. Although I guess your game technically is my not game is it's not spooky at, at all. all. But no. my game is, and like I talked about a little bit in our th- in our um, episode last or last week, which was our episode three hundred stream and all that stuff. There will be some new changes coming to the show before we jump into the uh, topics and whatnot. But we're just not quite ready for those yet. But we will be bringing back moment with Mogan. And soundtrack spotlight. So stay tuned, and you both know, things I'll get to bring people, back. Yeah, both things that people said in the three hundred stream. They, they were like, "We back. missed those," and we were like, "Really? Why didn't you fucking say anything sooner?" <laughs> and then too, I loved. Uh, I feel like it was after we had already signed off and we're done for yeah. the day. You said, "Oh my god, if we finish with soundtrack spotlight again, that means we get to end with and stick around for the song as the closeout for <sighs> yeah. the episodes and stuff like that." Which I will say, ever since. We stopped doing soundtrack spotlight, and I stopped saying, and now stick around for the song. The end has always felt unnatural. It's always felt wrong. It's yeah, always felt we gotta, wrong. The, the, we got to get it back just to get back the good closer. Yeah, Gosh, absolutely. Yeah. Do. Stick around for the song warms my heart. I know, right? Just makes you feel good. Reminds you of the good old days. Plus, now when people the world get was to right. yeah, people get to participate. We've got way more people in the Discord now than we yeah, used to. Also, yeah, I bet so it would have a little like bit we'll more have, life. Yeah, and we're gonna really get aggressive about harassing people, and it's gonna be really hard. It's gonna hints be aggro. Too. So, as a quick refresher for whenever we do that we always end it because as a thing to like kind of build in uh, some audience att- uh, participation and stuff like that we will start the first one and have a song we'll give play like a little bit of it we'll give you a hint about which game it's from and then the first person to be able to correctly guess the game will be able to submit a soundtrack for us to use in the next episode so it just kind of snowballs yeah. and starts this whole big and thing and you can be as obnoxious as you want all those meme songs like that meme song from Final Fantasy X Steki Danai yeah pick it pick it we'll play it <laughs> people will be like damn that song sucks <laughs> oh man but then of course oh we'll, it's done don't Dun-nay. at me at it's, it's Steki you corrected Dun-nay. yourself okay anyways you're, fine. So you're let's, good let's go gamers all good <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's jump into the main topic of the day which will be starting off with my review official review of resident evil 7 biohazard i'm not gonna lie jared it's very surprising to me that you played so final fantasy 7 biohazard that's the one that's kind of not like, final fantasy 7 did not, i say final no fantasy? wait did i say final Who, fantasy did one of us say final i feel like i, I think, might have said final oh, fantasy. okay one of us said the wrong thing anyways <laughs> <laughs> It's Resident Evil. <laughs> yes, Resident Evil Biohazard. Um, but regardless of who said what, I feel like it was me. Um, regardless of that, I just always... You don't love scary games, do you? Like, sometimes they're kind of too scary. It's... Or too stressful. It's not so much... I don't honestly... You know what? And it's kind of the thing, after playing Resident Evil 7, I was kind of like, why don't I play more horror games? I because just feel like, like you've mentioned before that you don't really like them that much. I feel like it's more that I feel like I have to play them at a very specific time of year. Oh, and then when I play... And then I'm usually always involved with some other game that makes me hard to want to pull away to play a, a horror game. Um, because no, it's not like I've, uh, I've been really too... Outlast, I did pull the pull the plug Maybe on. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of because I, was, I remember specifically that you've said that you did not finish Outlast because of the game itself. It, it was pretty. It was pretty freaky. I will say. Yeah. Um, but no, like I've and again, my list is not going to be very long. But I'd like the ones that have come up 
like Until Dawn. I loved Until Dawn. Counts as a spooky game. Uh, that was a very spooky game. And that one was, I would love to actually just kind of redo that one and see if I get a different out, different outcomes and stuff like that. You're also the only person I personally know, I think, that played Resident Evil 6, the one that everybody hated. So. I, I gave that, that one. Okay, and I played Resident Evil 5. I played Resident Evil 6. Oh, a good yeah. portion of Res, A good portion of Resident Evil 6. I did not finish it because uh, it had so much repeating you different characters but repeating chapters and like scenarios it felt so very similar and i kind of got just tired of it by the end of it um but i wanted to play uh resident evil village eventually resident evil 8 uh and i knew that they had other than i didn't know how much tie-in they would have other than sharing the main character of ethan winters so i didn't you know so i was kind of like well i'll start with seven i had seven before from either already in my backlog from uh either PS plus or uh, had just bought it on sale. I think and something like that. And you know, and I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. And I was, and I had it downloaded. I was ready to go. I was trying to decide. I was honestly trying to decide between it, it and Alan Wake, the original oh, of playing through. Oh, okay. Um, I know I mentioned it a couple times. I don't, th- I don't think the timing is going to be, is going to be on my side now anymore uh, because I wanted to try to finish up uncharted three and play Alan Wake before uh, Halloween. One of those on two things you just said is the stupidest thing that anyone well, could waste I have time to on. Finish, I have to finish uncharted three. I started it. <laughs> and I'll, I'll clarify. It. It's not Alan Wake. <laughs> That's why I went right to Uncharted. I know where you were going with that. And so, like, I wanted to try to finish those up and everything because that would be cool. Like, get in some Alan Wakes. I was like, man, I'll do both of these. This will be fun. But then my computer decided to die on me uh, last week. I just got it back today. Uh, decided to get, we happened to get COVID, and then that knocked us out for a couple weeks. But I used that time, that little bit of time when I had nothing else to do but lay down on the couch and feel bad about myself to play some Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. And honestly, maybe it wasn't as. Uh, intense as I was anticipating it was going to be because I was already kind of, I had the COVID brain. You were already dealing with the horrors of real yeah. illness, so, so it just didn't have the same impact. Yeah, so maybe not. <laughs> so maybe it was fine. But no, I did really enjoy it, though. Uh, that being said, and it was it definitely had its scary moments. So the game came out in 2017, and you uh, take on the role of protagonist Ethan Winters, who shows up in the Louisiana Bayou looking for uh, his his missing wife or. I guess he just assumed disappeared wife because it had been three years since he saw her last, his wife, Maya. And, um, she, he finally gets like an email from her that was like, Hey, you know, or with like a video message of, Hey, you know, like, I'm sorry, but like, you know, don't come. Subject line, not dead. What was the subject line of the email? It was something like, it was basically just like, you know, you have to come find me and all this stuff. Like I'm, you know, I'm so sorry for being gone, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, sure. Let's go. Uh, and takes place and finds this old, like abandoned, house it looks really run down rotten food everywhere that was the honestly that was the more gross part of it just sort of the grotesque um, the grotesqueness yeah. of it of just like yeah you know like open their fridge there's all this rotting food and dead animal carcasses Were everywhere there maggots all over the place yeah there was Ew. one time like right when you first walk in you can op- open this pot that's on the kitchen table and when you do cockroaches run out and no. run all up over your hand and Unacceptable. stuff yeah no it's oh, not God. cool i don't like it. oh dear i don't like it <laughs> Uh, and so that honestly was kind of like, Oh God. And then, yeah, you just, you kind of like, you're trying to figure out what's going on. You start creeping through this house, you know, shit's going to go bad because it's a resident evil game. And so you're just kind of like waiting for that to happen. And I think that was what my initial, that initial (laughs) suspense, I was like, it is no, it's too late to start this now. I will come back another time. (laughs) And, but it was still, uh, one, once it kind of like got through the little beginning and the intro of it, you're kind of like, okay, this feels, I I understand what's happening. I kind of know what's going on. Uh, so anyway, you do, you, you know, this is some slight early game story spoilers and stuff like that. 
I will circle back around at the end of the review to kind of talk about more of the uh, more in-game things and different stuff like that. But you uh, stumble into this house and within short order of you getting there, you don't discover a whole lot when you do actually find Maya. And you're oh. like, oh, now granted, you had to go into an underground basement, which led into underground caverns and tunnels with iron cages and everything like that. And you're kind of like, this does not ring. Uh-oh. This does not bode <laughs> well. <laughs> this can't be good at all. And so you finally find her. And you kind of, and she starts like leading you out. And you're like, wait. And she's at first surprised to see you. And you're like, what? Why? Why are you surprised? You sent me an email. Babe, you emailed me. Exactly. Like you hit me up on the AOL. And so. <laughs> MayaAOL.com was that. <laughs> God, I feel like that's the kind of in-game detail that, what was her email address? I don't remember I now. gotta know. That would if be. It, Maya Ethan's wife at Hotmail.com. <laughs> if nobody's taken that already, you should take that. That, should, that would be really good. And so you try to start escaping, but then as you're escaping she like becomes evil and like Ooh. looks monstrous and starts oh, like attacking she like physically you. transforms yeah her, like eyes Ooh. go all black she's like really looks like dark stuff running through all of her veins that are now <laughs> popping out on her head <laughs> and stuff like that and like speaking in a really like you know like ghoulish like dark <laughs> distorted voice and stuff oh, and so you know and then she starts attacking you and you like wind up this this, this is the thing that was kind of like funny just like the to- a tone thing. And again, this is uh, sorry for the early game spoilers, but you have to like defend yourself from her and kill her. But it's like y- Ethan has no reaction to it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. The, like the, you have you no reaction to it. And then literally like 30 seconds later, she comes back to life. So you're like, oh, shit, what's this? And she attacks you with a chainsaw and cuts your hand off. <laughs> Poor Ethan. And he still like, not like a huge reaction either way. Still, not like, even to the hand. Like what, he's like what? yelling and screaming oh about it God. and stuff like that. But he's not like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Because that's what I was doing. I would have. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, nobody knows what they'll do until their undead <laughs> wife cuts their hand off. But I feel like it would be something. Right? Something. I would have some kind of reaction, or just even be like a like a more uh, emotional homecoming like to it when they first met each other. But they were both like. He's like, Maya. She's like, Ethan? And that was it. <laughs> so just a funny little tone thing. But anyway, you go on to discover the house is is owned by the Baker family, and Maya has been held hostage by the Bakers. And like Maya having some weird mutations, things going on, so do the Bakers. And so mm-hmm. this basically is you're trapped inside this house. You're their prisoner. Uh, and the, you, the goal of the game is to eventually still hopefully free Maya, figure out what's going on with the Bakers, and be able to escape and get to freedom. Uh, like I said, in terms of like mechanics, combat, and stuff like that, this one does throw it back to the original uh, Resident Evil games where it is like ammo is very scarce. You're, you're you know, trying to work with the environment as best you can. You sometimes just have to straight up hide in a dark corner while you're waiting for somebody to go yep. by you and different stuff like that as you're hunted through the house. Um, you, you know, you'll find weapons. You do will eventually get like a pistol, a, a knife, uh, various other things like that, and a few other weapons throughout the game. And you can use those. But like I said, the ammo is scarce. You at most have 10 bullets on you unless yeah. you're like really good at finding all this stuff, which I felt like I did a pretty good job of exploring around, but still... Um, you know, ran, found myself having to be pretty scarce and like relying on the knife as like my only combat thing for quite a few steps of the way. That's all right. That's how so, I played the Resident Evil 2 remake. Oh, see, now I really yeah, want to play those. That w- I didn't finish it. Um, this was over the holidays, I think, and I was playing on Bro Mogan's PS5. But yeah. man, I feel like if you enjoyed this game, you'll probably like the Resi 2 remake as well. I'm wondering that because like they're doing 4 and 4 is about to come out, right? I thought the 4 remake was already out. Did it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think with the, the thing they're going to 
going to release next is like more of the DLC question That's right. Mark. You're right. Yeah. The separate... Ways. Or was that what just came out? Separate too? ways already is one of the DLC that I okay. think is out. They're gonna do more question mark. Okay, okay. I don't know. I haven't played the we game. Ask Bro Mogan yeah. in the Discord. We need our Resident <laughs> Evil fans, uh, big Resident Evil fans, to jump in and and uh, and fact there are check many of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I really enjoyed that though. That it was this more slow style pace. Like it really did let that because like I remember from playing Resident Evil Five. Like you're you're so caught up with like. Which even in that game, I kind of feel like the, the your bullets were scarce. It's not like you had a ton of stuff to do with, but you, I always felt like I had enough to be to be constantly using my weapons. But then it was you were until never I think worried I was, that you were going to run out. Yeah, of ammo. but then I think it was uh, not until I was watching. I guess your brother play uh, Resident Evil Four and even this one that I realized, oh, like if you shoot the knees, then they fall, and that makes yeah. them easier. Like stuff I missed the fact on my that first. The physics are actually in there, yeah. and like where you shoot matters. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So I kind of like, like I kind of like reminded myself of that as going into this, but I appreciated it though. Kind of like I feel like I've talked about that sometimes with like when I played Survivor or Jedi Survivor or Jedi Fallen Order. These games that didn't let you hack and slash your way through them, and you have to be more strategic and yeah. you know, and in your gameplay. And I kind of like that this was had the same effect, but in a different way. Now, was that also the case with five and six? Because I feel like those are the ones that went for the more action route. But they did, did they still have touches like that, where if you shoot the legs, you can literally cripple them? Was that still a facet of those games? That was. You okay. can like. You could shoot them because in five you're playing as Chris Redfield and you can shoot like a knee and they'll they'll stagger and then you can run up to him and like do a super uppercut punch super and kill him. Punch. Ethan is just like little Mac from Smash Brothers. It really you is. Know how but it is, but Ethan isn't that good. <laughs> Ethan's not that powerful. You know what? I love that. <laughs> I love that the that the idea of the Resident Evil games at their core is that yeah, you are not very unless you're Wesker from Resident yeah. Evil 4, we gather. Yeah. You are soft and spongy, and you're probably not very good at fighting. And I really like that aspect of horror games, is that part of the horror is that you're not a superhero, you're not a super cop, you're not anybody. Yeah. You're just a random guy whose wife emailed him, and, and now said, you're missing a hand, and yeah. you're in Louisiana, the worst of the states. <laughs> and you've gotten and you your 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 life is literally on the line in a way that it's not in so many other games. Yeah. Uh, that's that's I think one of the main appeals of games like Resident Evil. Well, because some so many times in this game, like I said, I'd sometimes have to just like hide in a dark corner to get away from one of the bakers when they were chasing me. And and even just that of just feeling it really does cement that feeling of like, oh, I'm powerless here. Like I literally have nothing to defend myself. I can use a fucking tiny knife that's gonna like just make him mad more than anything. And I'm not gonna be able to in so it's just like having you feel that like hopelessness of what do I do here? I'm really stuck. So kind of like not only are there like the environmental puzzles that you have to sometimes solve in the game to like access new areas and things like that, get out of rooms, but there's also that just like puzzle element to it of like, I have nothing. And I know I can either hopefully stumble upon a pack of handgun ammo that I can reload my gun with. Hopefully I can find maybe some gunpowder and then some chem fluid that I can combine to make more handgun bullets. You know, it's just like, but what do I, but also he's chasing me and will kill me in two hits. And I really don't want to have to redo yeah. this section for five more times. Yep. So it's a lot of that stuff. And I really appreciated that more like slow burn, slow, that just always the unsettled feeling of dread. Like it, that something's going to jump out and get you. And I know that's like what really helps sell a horror game and stuff like that. But in this case, I really appreciated it slower. It's slower touch. I gotta say, I also appreciate at least at like from a distance value because I haven't played Resident yes. Evil uh, Village, but it looks 
like a really nice mix of both a return to the horror roots of Resident Evil as a whole and also like a nice sort of callback to sort of the roots of horror as we know them. Yeah. At least as far as film goes, because what you're describing sounds so Texas Chainsaw Massacre to it, me. Yeah, yeah. Like it really feel like down to the very like rural, the ruralness of the swamp, I assume. They probably yeah. don't have nearby neighbors. No. No. So you're just out there alone with random hillbillies, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that that's just like a classic doubling down on doubling down on horror tropes. Yeah. And because too, it's, you know, so yeah, it just really, like you said, f- doubles down on those tropes and it just really, yeah. And I think that's why I feel like eight, I'm curious to play because it is going to fit. I feel like the atmosphere I'm more looking for in, in terms of like, cause like with horror movies, I really enjoy, ho- enjoy folk horror and stuff like that. Like wicker man, uh, Apostle, different things like that, you know. Oh, you watched Apostle? Yeah, I actually did too, and I was that movie kind of scarred me. Oh, honestly. really? Yeah, <laughs> that's the Dan Stevens what? one, right? I don't what? know who Dan Stevens oh, okay. is. The but it was on Netflix and it was like yes, he goes to a village yep. and stuff like that's yep. on like a random island down yes, the middle yes, yes, of nowhere. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Oh gosh. I, like I mean, that one. I, it was very memorable. Yeah. I'll put it that way. It was a memorable movie. <laughs> um, or the witch, something like that. You know, it's um, the witch. The witch. The double witch. The witch. The witch. And so I really like that that aspect. So I think Resident Evil Village will fill that a little bit more. But no, Resident Evil Eight. You mean Resident Evil Eight Village? Right. This is Biohazard. Oh right. I'm sorry. I think I'm getting my names confused. I know they're all they're all yes. I'm not bad, everybody. And so I really think that, but I did appreciate yes, the more like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of like uh, or or really even like Michael Myers because like that you know as you go against these the Baker family, they're like I said, they're not just normal people either. They've you know they have their own little bits. They're of just those relentless, the slow, unkillable machines. Yes. And so you know that adds its whole other layer as you're going through this just like completely creepy house tell me give me a little breakdown of the baker family who okay, all makes so up this family there's the dad jack baker there's jack. The mom marguerite there's the son lucas and then there's also this is just at the beginning of the game and stuff like that and then there's also like old grand their old grandma and stuff who's like chilling around she doesn't say much though and what's then, the grandma's name just granny just grandma just grandma oh, okay. you know Meemaw Grandma Baker (laughs) Grandma Baker (laughs) Meemaw Baker And you know And then um, And then I think They have another daughter Yeah another daughter Zoe Zoe And so uh, The first I was actually Kind of surprised With this Oh um, Slightly veering Into more little Spoiler stuff But again The game came out In 2017 It's been out For a little bit Yeah. But uh, I was very surprised The first like Of the Bakers That you go against Because I don't know Just in my head I'm thinking You're going to go And like you know Fight the kids Then the mom Then the dad Or you know Something like that but then, then the grandma, then the grandma, super boss, <laughs> and then, but then, uh, you actually start <laughs> off like being chased like by a bloodborne battle, like getting into a bloodborne style fight. And then, <laughs> and then the HP bar comes up for the enemy and their title is just meme <laughs> Right. And you're like, Oh God, oh what's God. she going to do? She's anyway, going to pull sorry. out your ears. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, but anyway, so you actually go up against Jack Baker first and he's kind oh, of the like papa. the, the, the main attackers for the majority of the game, I'd say that you probably are going to go up against him as he like slowly chases you throughout the house as you're trying to get through it. Um, you know, the, the one other thing about this game that make that adds the extra element are the environmental puzzles, which you need those a lot to like be able to unlock different areas of the house, get to, uh, some of the other parts like the yard, uh, basements, and different stuff like that. Like, but the, how they do it in this one is there's, it's mostly based on like iconography, which I think was mm. really interesting. And I like how it kind of like very s- subtly at the beginning, not subtly, but like it very makes a very pointed effort at the beginning of the game to show you like, Hey, pay attention for these. 
Oh, you're you gonna, mean like in-game? In-game stuff. Okay, so when you said the word iconography, my brain immediately populated like a map view and then like images on Oh, no, 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 sorry. You mean like, like in-game? In-game, like okay. icons, statues, art, things you I need to like see. pay attention okay. to that were like, Religious these are the... Religious iconography. Uh, not in every oh, case, okay. but just like more like animal-based, I would oh. say, because it's like... Um, you know, like you come up to this, there's this door to the main hall and it's locked and it has like a, 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 a bull bronze bull figure that's in one area and there's one missing in the other. So you're kind of like, Oh, figurines or animal figurines are going to play some role in like gotcha. being keys to other areas and stuff like that, okay. which they did turn out to be. Um, and so it's a lot of stuff like that. There was this one really fun puzzle that I liked where you'd have to like pick up an object that didn't look like anything. And then you would shine a light from behind it and change it around to where the shadow made the oh, image of an animal to be able to unlock delightful. it. It's a very I fun little that. puzzle. Very Nancy Drew of them. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, obviously as you're going through and unlocking all these different puzzles, which again, I've said on the show many times, I'm not the biggest fan of a puzzle uh, or like very solely based puzzle gameplay. Remember the uh, the dreaded Uncharted 2 suit of armor puzzle? Yeah, that was rough. That, that was, was rough. rough. That was rough for everybody. And so, <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Like I definitely had a couple head scratchers, but nothing that just made me be like, am I stupid? Yeah. Like, which happens a lot. <laughs> In some of these other games. So I appreciate that it like it had a good puzzling aspect to it as well. Um, the combat, like I said, again, more uh, not as over the top and crazy. It builds as the game goes on, though, as you get more as you get used to the weapons and abilities that you have at your disposal. The, the combat does add in more things uh, again, slightly spoilerish here. But this one, I was more surprised. This one didn't have it does have a strong showing, but not like. Uh, of of monsters and stuff like that, but not as heavy as I would say other Resident Evil games ha- have had. So you mean monsters other than the Bakers? Yes. Oh, so there are other critters. There are other okay. critters going around as you as you as you uh, get more into their house and uncover more secrets. Because that's the big thing is like you kind of just think it's like I got to get her away from this family, but then you realize there's more going on to the surface gotcha. as you spend more time. And yeah, you start finding some of the old. Not not necessarily like Resident Evil repeats, but there like there was the one like it. I know liquor. The liquor is the is the one that's kind of like the dog that has the tail. There was oh, like has the really long yeah. tongue and stuff like that. There was a similar creature, but not like a straight up just like the liquor. family dog Max, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so you know it's fun getting to fight against all that, but it really it uh, just really built built up. But I kind of appreciated that, though. I don't know what I'm trying to really say there. But I think I appreciated it, though, that it wasn't... I was anticipating it just being, like, hordes of zombies, hordes of all these other, like, grotesque creatures, which, don't worry, there were. But it really was, like, the bakers were the bad guys. Nice. And I really kind of, like, felt that that was a fun... Not, not, not like, turn from the rest of the series, because they were still there, but just not what not what I was necessarily expecting. I kind of have a question about sort of how combat works. So. Sure. If the bakers are largely, would you say that at least for a while until the story requires it, are the bakers probably unkillable to a certain extent? Yeah. So how does that combat go then? Like, let's say that you get into a spot with Jack Baker Mm -hmm. and there's really nowhere for you to hide, but you do have ammo at your disposal. Like, how would that flow of combat go where you eventually get away, but he doesn't die? You have to like... after a, a bit of time, sorry. After a bit of time, when you're fighting him and doing damage to him, he will eventually just like pass out or be like knocked oh, unconscious, okay. or you can like daze him and he'll be like holding his head and like 
and then like that, that gives, and that you gives you a chance to, to like run. just to bolt. Ah. And get so out is of it there. the case where if you just basically put enough distance between you and him, he kind of yeah, deagros until the next encounter? Exactly. Okay, I got you. Um, one of the things, I, I kind of got the impression he in at least in the beginning of the game is kind of like again this is from not having played it only from videos and stuff that I've seen. He's kind of like Mr. X. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Where he just like kind of yes, follows yes, yes. you until he's like I'm gonna chase you later. Kind like of Thomas thing. the Train, Thomas yeah. the Tank Engine. <laughs> That's why they put that mod in because it made That's perfect so sense. Funny. <laughs> Anyways, yes, I get, I get what you're saying. So that's kind of how it goes. And, um, Oh, but the big thing about this one too, is that in another change from resident evil five and six, it's back to first person. Yes. Yes. Which yes, yes. again also makes that horror aspect just a little bit more real. There's also a VR version of resident evil biohazard. Ooh, oh yeah. I forgot which, like, about that. Could be scary. That sounds a little too intense. Sounds for me. a little too intense. First for of me all, too. I get the VR, uh, nausea. So yeah. that would already put me at a disadvantage. And then on top of that being scurred, I don't know about that. <laughs> that sounds like too much to me. <laughs> um, but so I really enjoyed all that. Speaking of the bosses and fighting like the bakers and stuff like that. I did really enjoy all the boss battles throughout because I know that's another uh, mainstay of the Resident Evil series is like you're fighting the scrub little enemies, but then every once in a while, it's kind of like, uh oh, the big bads come yeah. to play. And so like all of those fights I thought were really well done. Um, and my first, my favorite one though, was probably the very first boss fight, which was against, uh, which is against Jack Baker. And that one, that one just like, it's so, it really does kind of it's like the first boss fight you have where you're still kind of like I am weak and th these people can take me out no problem and so when you finally like are able to get the upper hand against him kind of after that it like changes the flow of the game where you're kind of like okay I'm I can handle whatever yeah. they're going to throw at me but I really just like you know because it's 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 the typical stuff of like you're either trying to just like do some damage to them of uh, hit their weak spots um, you know, again, like shooting the knees, feet, you know, head even like just to stun them and different stuff like that. Uh, but the boss fights I thought were really all well done. Uh, when they do start getting more into like the grotesque monsters, it gets pretty wild. It gets oh pretty crazy. Boy, so it gets pretty nasty. It gets pretty um, nasty in there. But I, but I liked all those too. Another part about it in that it was just like they were completely, I feel like they were optional. Um, but like kind of just like helped give you more background into the game slash understand what was going to be coming up uh, later in the game. You would periodically find these videotapes mm -hmm. that uh, either oh. Maya had left for you or uh, at the again, another slight story beginning of the game story spoiler. You find a videotape. The first one you find is from like a film crew coming in to do like a haunted house tour oh, thing. No. And Blair Witch Project kind of style, <laughs> and uh, are they? You see what happens to them and ha how the bakers uh, fall upon Ooh, them. Boy. And so I'm guessing it's not with like open arms and tea and biscuits. No, it's not really, not really. Mm, tough luck. <laughs> and so you know, it's really it was really fun to kind of have that because it was kind of like, oh, I need to look out for this object that I'm going to need this for another part to solve the puzzle later on. Uh, so it was kind of cool. It kind of like gave you like a sneak peek, as it were. The only time that kind of came to bite me in the ass where I didn't like that is that there was a later stage in the game where you use this, uh, this mechanic and it confused me more than it helped me because it made me feel like I, because it felt like I was playing the same area twice and I was getting confused, which I had already done oh, because okay. you would go to like in the videotape you would, because you play through the videotape, you don't watch it just like straight through. Oh, you actually like take control of Maya that's or the super person. Fun. Yeah. Or oh, the person in the videotape. That. So Neat. it kind of like, 
has that feel of you playing it, you know, Twice. I mean, it is. Yeah. And so, you know, you would go, I would go to areas in that area that I had been to in the first time when I was playing through the videotape and I was like, Oh, I need something in here. But then I, when I went back to it later, I was like, wait, this isn't here. And just something about it in that area kind of like confused me. And I had to get a little bit of help to be like, what am I doing here? But, uh, overall fine stuff. Um, Honestly, there's not a whole lot else other than without going into like a full on like story recap and everything. But I just really I really appreciated it for uh, the puzzles, the 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 horror of it, the just like never sense the never ending sense of unease. But also it pulled me in so much like so, it was a it was a. I'll have to go back. Oh, I think I can look on my on my thing and see in my the PlayStation app and see how long it actually took me to beat uh, it. But it was like. 10 hours like it was not a lot which i feel like is the perfect amount for a resident evil game yeah. any any resident evil game that goes longer than the 10 to 15 hour mark i think is too much well and this one i was kind of like which i really appreciated how the story builds out when you start learning more about the bakers and the and all of them and what's going on and everything and how they came to be so evil as you kind of like unravel all those mysteries it adds so much more depth to it because i really was like how are they going to keep this interesting yeah. for 10 hours where I'm just basically playing hide and seek from this family? Now, would you say that most of that backstory and lore was given to you through the videotapes or were there other like collectibles and like diaries and journals and things? Collectibles, diaries, okay, gotcha. and, and then the other stuff. And then just like the main story of the game itself, like okay. as you go forward and everything uh, kind of like lets you in on what's going on. How often did the villains monologue at you? Um... Some mostly right Some. in the beginning, but yeah, like, but well, like when you're really doing one of the big fights against them, they'll and they're like running around chasing you more. That's when they kind of do their their okay. thing. They like want to uh, taunt you, so yeah, they're like taunt you okay. and like freak you out. A doing little that bit. thing where like you're hiding and they're skulking around yeah. and they're talking to you. Yeah, okay, very. Like, I'm gonna find you, boy. <laughs> kind of like, stuff like that. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, and you're just like, oh god. Don't <laughs> find me. Um, you're so crying just, under the bed. <laughs> I know. And so, like, I really just appre- I really just liked it. It was fun to get into that, to play something different. Uh, like I said, I really enjoyed the slower play style of it and how that uh, made me kind of, like, think about what I was doing more and be more immersed in it. And like I said, the story was really gripping. It had me going for the whole 10 hours. I Like like I said, I played it during COVID, so I played it pretty fast. Like, I, I think I played through the game. And, like, how long is the game? Oh, you know, one COVID's one worth? One COVID's <laughs> worth? But even then, I think, like, I played it, it like... I played it. I beat it within two days. Of oh, playing. okay. Oh, like, yeah. damn, you just blasted through it. I blasted huh? through it. Jeez. Uh, and there is quite a bit of DLC for it. There is like a free chapter of DLC you can get like right after you finish the game. Uh, then there's a couple other like download downloadable uh, things you can get. And I did. I like. I finished the game. Went and started the chapter of the of the DLC that came free. But then I kind of was like, Nah, I beat the game. I'm fine. I, I'm good. I got this. So I don't feel the need to go on. Ethan is the protagonist in Village as well. Is that correct? So does the game itself or the DLC sort of provide any context for his next venture? As far as I know, no. Because okay. I was talking with with Brandon about that. Cause when I said I started at resident evil on the discord, he jumped in and said, Oh, are you going to play into the DLC? And I was like, oh. uh, depends. Okay. And so, and I asked him that specifically, like, well, does it set up anything into village? And he's like, nah, not really. You know, I would say it just kind of like t- closes up some loose ends in the, st- that are kind of like left from the story. I just want to clarify. I didn't steal that feedback from Brandon, even though he is very smart <laughs> in this discord. Cause I don't, I, I, I read the words resident evil and I was like, I'm out. 
<laughs> so I just didn't read any of that. <laughs> but that's good to know. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed it. And then, like I said, I, I've alluded to like there being a lot that you learn more about the Baker's family and everything as the game progresses. There's a pretty significant twist, which I really appreciated. Uh, so I will say if the horrors, uh, horror games, Resident Evil is your jam. You want to tell Give me the shot. twist real quick, and we'll just put a little timestamp for people to jump forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Tell we'll, me the twist. We'll, I, we'll, I love we'll this stuff. This. Okay, so story okay. spoilers for like in-game stuff. A little TLDR. Lit. Spoilers ahead. Tune out. Tune out now if you don't want to do it. Check the chapters. We'll have like the yep. timestamps for when yep, yep. it's safe to come back and all that stuff. Last warning. Here we go. You basically find out that uh, through the course of the game that Maya Jack Baker's your dad. No shit. <laughs> Although he calls you like daddy and all, or, oh god, you call, like pe- characters call him dad. And Ew, daddy and stuff I like hate that. that. Yeah, gross. gross. Um, you find out that there's only one daddy in this Maya, world, and that's Pedro Pascal. <laughs> that is one hundred percent true. Uh, but you find out that Maya is actually part of an organization, not Umbrella. Parasol. I'm now blanking on the on the on what the name of the actual organization is. Something about Raccoon City? No, it's not. Oh, it's not okay. with that. But she's like a, a member of this. She's an agent. So when she left Ethan, saying, "Hey," which her cover story was, she was going to go babysit for a family. Which I was like, "Oh my what? god, what wow, what a weak ass!" Going to the gas station. And then it's for gone for three eh? years. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And so it turns out she's actually a agent who is tasked with watching over this child uh, named Evelyn, who, as you've progressed through the Baker's house, you've seen evidence of her or like her alluded to and different things like this like photos and like stuff? photo okay. or like or her shoe or, or like oh, something okay, like that okay. so you're kind of like oh you assume because you found like all this stuff in the baker's house about past people that uh they have tortured slash turned into monsters and other things like that you're like oh evelyn must have just been one of them gotcha. well it turns out that no she's actually a bioweapon that was developed by this other organization and Maya and her partner were in charge of transporting her to a, to a more secure facility. And while they were doing that, they, so they were transporting her by boat. This boat crashes in a hurricane and Evelyn is, is freed upon the, the crew. Oh, oh dear. Goes south said ship finally crashes uh, because of the storm into the Louisiana Bayou, into the deep swamps. I see where a Jim Baker, not Jim Baker. That's Jack a Baker. that's a, uh, a televangelist. <laughs> same <laughs> diff. Noted televangelist same diff. Jim Baker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but anyway, Jack finds Evelyn out in the swamp uh, while she while he's out in his boat because he's like, I found this huge wreck at this tanker, and it brings her back to her home to his home. Well, obviously not realizing what terror she was going to bring. So she infects all the bakers. Oh, so the bakers were just like a normal the normal family. family, which oh, was like the big sucks like them. reveal at the end. Is like that they you weren't find... actually just an evil t- Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. family. You like Bummer. at this part late in the game, you get knocked out and like Jack Baker appears to you like kind of in, as a vision thing or dream. And he's like, look, this isn't us. I'm so sorry. But like she came and she did this to us. She oh, made this is like three dang. years ago. I think she's like, she did this to us. She made us into this. And so you've like to deter- discover that Evelyn is the cause of all the monsters that you're, you're fighting called the molded in this game. And I don't um, love that. <laughs> and so like, yeah, like there are parts where like you would completely blow off Jack Baker's top upper half and it would just regrow and regenerate. Oh, and everything. boy. <laughs> and then like he just became more and more grotesque as the game went on. But the thing you realize through journal entries and different things like that, that um, Evelyn Without being, when she's out of her captivity, or out of, yeah, out of her captivity, I guess, she actually becomes to age rapidly. Huh. And get really old. 
Mima. She's the grandma. Oh my god! I Who's didn't just see been it chilling? Wow! This whole game throughout the house, but she's like in a wheelchair and just like kind of like blankly. Stares. I've been blindsided. And, and, it's, <laughs> and so Evelyn was there the whole time as a grandma. I guess I probably could have guessed that if you had given like if. I'm so I'm so gullible. It didn't get me until I didn't pick up on it until the very end. Like it was literally like you're near the like the before like second to last mission kind of thing, and you get you find like a a book or audio recording talking about how she like ages or seems to be getting older, and I was like, holy shit, is she the grandma? Oh my god, that's just been like randomly popping up in various places in this house the whole damn time. What a good setup. It was really great. So you do actually wind up fighting the the grandma as the final boss. And That's so, awesome. Uh, you know, and obviously, like, and and then at the very end of the game, as you're fighting her, uh, some Umbrella Corps people show up because apparently in the Resident Evil timeline lore, I missed this that that Umbrella is not bad anymore. I, I don't know. I don't know that much about Resident Evil. <laughs> I but anyway, don't Chris either. Redfield comes down and saves <laughs> the day again. Truly, most of the lo- air quotes lore that I know, air quotes that I know about Resident Evil comes from the movies, which are not anything like the <laughs> games. Like the They're games. quite different. So, uh, but yeah, so it was. It, that was a really fun twist. Okay. Um, and there was even like another thing that like I didn't want to talk too much about because it is kind of like more late game spoiler. When you do go start going up against the son Lucas, he is more of like a mind game fuck with you like mm. mentally person and so like there's a, a, a lot of like really fucked up puzzles oh boy that you gotta do Ugh. uh and so it was pretty interesting getting to play through all those so i really loved it like it was a really fun time i had more fun with it than i was anticipating having and i really do think that if it's a, and that it's a solid horror entry. And by now, I would imagine being both an older Resident Evil entry and being five years ish old by now. I want to say I picked it up. You can probably like, find it on sale somewhere, right? I'm pretty sure I got it on sale, and when I, and when I got it on sale it was a couple like a year ago, probably. And I want to say it was ten bucks. Mm. So it's not it's not a too dollar bad at all. per hour of fun. Yeah, what a good rate of return. It really is. <laughs> all right. So, well, awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. If you like horror, you like Resident Evil. You like some puzzles? You like some jump scares? Fan of Louisiana? Like Cajun food? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then play big, Resident Evil 7. Big fan of Meemaw's? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I just, I can't believe that you blasted through it in two days. I can't either. Like, it was only, it was purely because I had COVID. If I didn't have had, co- if I didn't have COVID, I would have gone through it at a much slower pace and probably still be playing it. A rare time that we can say, thanks, COVID. I know, right? <laughs> thanks for I, that. I joked with Sam. I was like, you know, this really sucks, and I hate it while we were laying in the in the worst of it. But I was also like, I've laid still for three days and haven't had to do anything because I physically can't. And that in and of itself is kind of wonderful. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you said that this round of COVID for you was really just, well, this is the first time you've had it, no, right? No, the second. We got oh, it last year. okay. But you said that this time was really just, for you at least, fatigue, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. that sucks. Just like, we like when we when we were better and trying to like get our house back in order and stuff like that, we were trying to clean. And I would literally like stand up, dust a room, and then have to sit back down for 30 minutes because I was just like, oh, I'm so tired. Which, again, can we just give it up for gaming that the one thing that you can still do when you're still brutally fatigued is hold the controller in barely. your hands and do a do couple it. of little inputs. I felt like Mima. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty rad. Sounds like a pretty yeah. fun game. It was it was a pretty good one. So now I am very uh, excited to jump into to Village because I know... I feel like that one kind of like gets a little bit more, I don't know. Sexy. 
Yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah. that. But uh, I don't know. I feel like, I, like I said, I feel like the atmosphere of that one I'm gonna I'm gonna hit with a lot better. Mm, okay. Well, all the same. Uh, not Biohazard. There we go. I keep wanting to call it Village, but it's not. Uh, Biohazard still sounds like, at least for me, I love those kinds of settings. Yeah. Mostly because I've played a Nancy Drew game based in Louisiana, there and it go. was plenty spooky for me. So there you go. Yeah, you should watch a right. you should watch a stream or playthrough of it sometime. Yeah, watch was... a stream of Nancy Drew and the Legend of the not Crystal Skull. Nancy That'll Drew. give you a good idea for what you're in for with Resident <laughs> Evil Biohazard. Now watch a stream of Biohazard. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun. So, you know, it's a good time all, all right. Well, good job. Thank you. Good review. Thank you. All right. I will do the shortest, Because I know briefest, we've already talked about it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like my original... Uh, spoiler alert. Here's what we're talking about. It's Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm. Oh, boy. As if our bungling the original titles of the games <laughs> at the very beginning weren't an indication. Uh, I am back once again. I'm here at my pulpit. I'm up here on this stage. <laughs> I've arrived here in this orchestra pit there we go <laughs> to once again con- con- beg the good people of the gaming world to give final fantasy theater 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 to give the good people one last chance to play final fantasy theater rhythm final bar line it's such a mouthful of a game i feel like that's where i'm immediately losing people it's a lot <laughs> yeah they, they're just already tuning it out to give final bar rhythm one last wrap-up episode because originally when i did my air quotes first impressions truly that was about as good of a review as i think i could do yeah. i actually did a really thorough review of that game i feel like it was really spot on mm-hmm. but now that was back in what March, probably, because uh, Final Final Barline came out for Switch, PS4, and maybe PC. I don't actually remember what all uh, the other platforms are, but definitely for PS4 and for Switch. It came out back in February of 2023. So we were at a weird place in the year where there was a slight lull before the the, the new Legend of Zeldas of the world was coming out. It was just like that part of the year where nothing... The Octopath Traveler 2s. Yeah, it was right before a bunch of other big stuff was coming out. I was like, I have just enough space in my roster to buy this game right after I'd played the demo. I got got the demo, played, and I was like, this is the best game I've ever played. I, the best rhythm game I've ever played on the Switch. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. <laughs> because but most of well, yeah we talked about this most of the other rhythm gaming that I've done in the past is on my phone because yeah. the phone is the perfect vehicle for rhythm games as it turns out so is the switch uh, and fi- and uh, final bar line is just I mean it's nearly a perfect game I would almost say if I had to give it a number rating I truly probably would give it a nine out of ten oh nice uh, so if you're not familiar final bar line is a um, it's just a really basic ass rhythm game at the end of the day yeah. you've got uh, four different bars on the screen uh, which cor- which correlate to any four combination of buttons that you could possibly want there are a couple of different types of notes that you have to hit as they hit the judgment line and depending on how good your rhythm is literally you either score a rainbow critical a regular critical a great which means you suck ass <laughs> a good which is like almost the worst you can get or even worse a bad or a straight miss. Mm-hmm. And depending on how many rainbow criticals, criticals, goods, greats, etc., you get in that song determines your score. The highest possible score on any song is 9,999,999 points. So you can't actually get a million. You can get... Wait. Can you? Wait. No, it's nine... Is it 999,000? 
Or is it in the millions? I don't know. I forget. There's a bunch of nines. <laughs> if you if you if you get it to the maybe ten million is the highest. Anyways, don't listen to the actual numbers. What counts is that you either get a triple S, double S, single S, A, B, C, and if you're getting below a C, you have probably failed the level. Like you didn't even finish because you got KO'd. Uh, and the notes themselves can either be just simple touches, mm-hmm. which is any button on the switch that's a literal button, slides, which includes both of the analog sticks. So a slide note would be like a direction in one way or the other yeah so slides touches and holds holds are just pick whichever buttons you want i typically oscillate between the bumpers and the just numbers on the touchpad it's a very very basic premise that is just done so well it is so addicting it is so fun and the part that makes it even better for gamers of all ages gamers across the ages you might even say is that it spans the entire work of the final fantasy series that's pretty cool so all the way back from final fantasy 1 through the entire main line i mean all the way up through what's the current ooh okay i don't think there's a I feel like they're going to do a DLC pack for Final Fantasy 16. I think it's either not out yet mm-hmm. or it's not confirmed. Maybe that was just a rumor. I think they're going to put some tracks from 16 in there. Nice. So anyways, it spans all of the mainline tracks, uh, all the mainline games, and even some of the weird offshoots. Like Final Fantasy Mobius, a game <laughs> no one played. Final Fantasy Type Zero, no one fucking played that game. Uh, but but all of the main ones and all of the spinoffs. And even on top of that, Theater Rhythm itself. So there are a couple of of, um, specific tracks that were made just for theater rhythm they're largely kind of interwoven with the light motifs of the other final fantasy like famous tracks sure. a lot of them are compilations some of the longest tracks in the game are like here play through a, 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 a collaboration of all the final fantasy themes in one you're like fucking god it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna like, take for fucking ever <laughs> And then the worst part about those ones is that if you're doing incredible and then like three fourths of the way through, you get a bat or a miss. You're like, fuck, (laughs) because obviously your, um, your, your, your chain, your chain matters. So if you don't manage to get a perfect chain and you get to the very end and you fuck it up right at the very end (laughs) on a song that was five minutes long, you're like, oh my God. That's long. (laughs) So it's brutal. Some of the tracks are brutal, but others are really, really short. So most of them, I would say last anywhere between a minute to like two and a half minutes. That's good. Anything over that is like considered one of the longer songs. Most of them are relatively short and they are divided between what are considered battle themes and what the game calls field music. So think about your typical Final Fantasy game. It is probably uh, divided among what would what would be considered like story beats, you right. know, cutscenes, uh, battles. Obviously, you've got your boss battles, your mini boss battles, your regular little scrubby enemy battles, your standard battle themes, your re- battle theme remixes for when you get to the different part of the game, and then you've got like traveling. The fantasy side of it. Are you traversing through the caves? Or are you going into the volcano section? What about the grassy fields of Final Fantasy IX? There's all different types of places that people go in Final Fantasy games. The Thunder Plains of Final Fantasy X. (laughs) Oh, classic track. And they're all represented within their individual series. So part of the game is just playing through every single series, maxing out all the songs to the best of your ability, among beginner, expert, hard, and in a few rare cases supreme difficulty mode you can pick and choose whichever ones you want to 
if you're not trying to be a completionist, there is no reason to do ultra ultimate. There actually, there's really no reason to do um, expert, ultimate, or supreme unless you're trying to go for all the in-game feats. So if you're just there to have a good fun time, just do basic mode. Yeah. There, you don't have to be a good gamer. You don't have to be hardcore about it to be able to still have a really fun time. And another part of that is that the uh, game does include the characters from the Final Fantasy cool. games. And when I was initially playing with the characters from the game. I was like, why does it matter? I feel like you can just pick whichever characters you know you vibe with the most. Right, Are you super right. into Final Fantasy VII? Great, you've got your Cloud, your Aerith, your Barrett, and your Vincent, and your Vincent character, your Sephiroths. You've got all the gangs all here, right. except for a few of the side characters. But most of the gangs all here, so you can just <laughs> pick and choose whoever you want. And I was like, okay, it doesn't really matter, right? Could not be more wrong. <laughs> I was really wrong about that. Um, it matters a lot, yeah. especially if you're trying to knock out all of the quests, because every song in every series has a quest attached to it. I mentioned this in my original review. Some of them are as simple as complete this song with X character in your party. Others are defeat the boss in X amount of seconds. But I have learned, I used to, I used to think, Jared, I used to think. <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day, I thought that the defeat the boss in 25 seconds quests, I was like, that's literally impossible. Yeah. There's no way to do that. That's the hardest quest. I was wrong. Really? <laughs> there, there are worse ones. <laughs> the ones that really tripped me up are the ones that were super specific. Like, okay, defeat the boss by dealing fire damage. And it's like, oh no, I've got a core cast of characters at this point that I've been putting all of my leveling prowess into and none of them deal fire damage. Ugh. How am I going to beat the Hurts. boss? And then like, I, well, I've got these characters that deal fire damage, but they're so low level that I can't get through the scrub enemies in time to get to the boss before the song ends. Yeah. So problems on problems. And then some of the other ones are like, okay, uh, you have to hit enemy weaknesses five times, but there are only one, two, three, four, five enemies, one of whom is a boss that does not have weaknesses. So you have to hit those four little scrubby enemies on their weaknesses without killing them that seems difficult in enough time to like get to the end of the song and i was, I, I, I played that stu it's the ignis theme <laughs> it's the ignis theme from final fantasy 15's dlc fan the the one shining light fantastic theme Ooh, such a good. beautiful that's song good. you don't I mind playing it a million I wasn't times that mad that i had to play it a million times yeah. because by the millionth time i was like oh it gets better every time <laughs> <laughs> i've heard such sweet tunes so sweet the violins in that theme <laughs> they really go hard you know so i wasn't that pissed about it but right. I, it's the kind of thing where i finally just had to go to youtube and find someone that had posted their character like uh, their character uh, roster and yeah. then the abilities that they had put on each character to make that happen and i was like fucking finally you know, there's no shame in that. No, thing. it like, was so hard. I had to do that. A I did had to do that with that one section in Resident Evil Seven that I was talking about, where I had to go back and like I was like, I'm just lost and I'm so confused. My brain can't handle this right now because of COVID. Yeah, and it, you just you just got to do it sometimes. And they're they're like um, character roster compositions that I never would have thought of on my mm. on my own. There's one that I lovingly call the Sean Toto Canon. There's a character <laughs> from Final Fantasy Eleven I want to say named Sean Toto. I never played that game. 
don't know if I'm saying it right. Sorry to the hardcore stands. Uh, and she looks like a little, sh- her entire expression, she just looks like such a little shit. It, it really makes you adore her. I'm like, I think you might be terrible, but I love you. Uh, but she's a magic dealer. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, I don't really need Toto because I'm using Terra and Ace. And those are my two magic, like my big magic heavy hitters. Sure. How wrong I was to abandon Toto because as it turns out, if you combine her play rough ability, which is her unique ability, which triggers on boss battles, uh, which triggers on the appearance of the boss only once, but then you also combine it with bluff, which increases her own magical power, mm-hmm. and then I think give her one other, it doesn't really matter what her third thing is, it's probably ruin. Uh, and then you get two other characters, but don't use all three of their ability slots. You get like Bartz and Ramza, mm-hmm. but only give them Mimic, which copies what the previous used ability was. So they're actually copying Shantoto's Play Rough, which like doubles down on her damage itself. And then in your final spot, you get somebody like Spiritus, who makes the party leader's magic ability stronger. And then you also give him a scroll to learn Mystic Aura, which doubles down on that again. And then you also give him something else to give more magic power to the rest of the team. And then Shantoto herself can deal like 99,000 damage. It's like, holy shit, I I really didn't realize that this was the case. And in most cases, I probably wouldn't have gotten around to any of that deep level stuff on the series quests themselves. Where that nuance really started to matter was with something we didn't get to talk about in my original review because I hadn't gotten to it endless world Ah. so we talked about the basic series quest which is playing through all the different uh, titles in the final fantasy series there's also the um online mode the multi-battle gotta be honest anybody jumping into uh final bar line at this point the online scene is not there anymore it is Uh quite rare that i'm able to find just people out in the wild to play against every now and then on the weekends i'll get lucky but like on a tuesday night like today if i went and started a room for multi-battle online i would get fucking nobody it would be a crickets straight crickets in there so if you're playing it for the social aspect unless you have a dedicated team of people that are going to play it with you all of my friends in the discord that won't buy the game (laughs) what are y'all doing yeah unless you've got other people out there you're probably not going to get super lucky with that but you don't really need it because the series quests alone are already a huge chunk of game and then there's endless world so once you complete every series even if you didn't complete all the quests you just have to have played through every series it unlocks Endless World, which is a progressively more difficult gauntlet of randomized songs. Oh, random. So it's it's anything. And not only is it anything from the Final Fantasy titles, it includes any DLC you've bought. Oh, shit. So, like, I've purchased the Near Packs the Octopath Traveler pack, and I think I just, oh, I actually downloaded the Bravely Default uh, pack and then forgot. <laughs> so I gotta go back in there and start <laughs> yeah, playing. new music. Yeah, I got new music in there that I'm not even playing yet. So I've only unlocked those three, four, D, five. Were there two Octopath packs? There may have only been the one. I don't know. Anyways, I've unlocked approximately four to five DLC packs that I purchased on top of the base game for fucking no dollars. Those things are Hell steal. Yeah. Like three bucks a pop? That's Hell it? Yes. Yeah, they're wow. cheap. I mean, it's not a ton of songs per pack. But it's still, like five a lot to six of packs, songs. though. Loads of packs, though. So you can unlock the packs, and then those are an endless world. And that was such a pleasant surprise because that gives you more of a reason to practice those DLC packs mm. because as you're progressing through endless world, the, the thing about endless world is... 
you actually have health. So you're you, just you as the player, you have three hearts. Mm -hmm. And the conditions of Endless World are you must complete the quest given to you. So like if I'm on stage one, I've probably got one level one song that's like, uh, beat five enemies. Yeah. Easy. Great. You do that. You complete the quest. You move on to the next one. The next stage that you get to might give you an option of two or even three different songs. And you get to go through and look at their quests and their songs and decide which of them you think you can complete. Mm. Initially, I was like, oh, you just get to pick whichever song you like best, right? As you progress, no. <laughs> Sometimes it matters a lot because I might get to stage 23, which I think this is the one that actually knocked me out. I got to stage 23 or 25, I want to say. And it was a it was just the one choice so i had no other options it was one choice of a final fantasy 13 song which i love that soundtrack yeah. goes hard <laughs> but the condition of the quest was activate 60 abilities wow that's so hard i mean i know you don't really have a good frame of reference for why that's so difficult but it's fucking hard to activate 60 <laughs> I mean, abilities. that seems like a lot it's a lot. Just without no and having a ton I of i think i got close i think i got about 40-ish abilities to go off. Couldn't do it. I had already failed two other quests, which was two of my other hearts. That finally knocked me out of the running. So once you get knocked out, once you lose all of your health in Endless World, you have to go straight back to the beginning. Start at the very beginning. You have to beginning. start all over. But then wow. once you restart, it randomizes everything again. Okay. So it's a different set every time. And this is the other pro tip thing for does Endless it, World. Sorry, does it randomize the quests that you play as well? Yes. Or does it, okay. No, so it's both not the like... quests and the songs are randomized Ooh, every that's time. Nice. So you can get different combinations of everything. You also get randomized rewards, ah. which is very important for people at the stage that I'm at because I'm trying to complete all of the in-game feats, which for lack of a better world, for lack of a better word, is platinuming the game. Okay. So I'm trying to complete every feat oh that God, there so is. Excited you're trying to and the I game. know it's my first run that wow. I'm really going to try for. So proud uh, of you. I'm sure that I can get everything done except for getting a certain score on Supreme Mode. That's the one that I think might kill me. But I, I believe in myself. <laughs> I'm going to be able to do it. But the point is I'm at the stage where I'm trying to collect all of the in-game collectibles, which are usually character or game-based cards and they or enemies, mm -hmm. yeah, enemies, bosses, summons, uh, game-based cards um, that have different rarities attached to them. I've got all the basic ones. I've got all the N ones. I forget what N actually stands for. Maybe like Nouveau or something like that. I don't have all the P's, which I think is maybe Primo or Prime. Yeah. And I definitely don't have all the S's, which is special rarity. <laughs> so I'm at the stage where I'm just having to grind through songs and just pray to God that I get the right cards. Right. But Endless World really helps with that because it will actually give you cards, like character cards, as some of the occasional rewards. And it even does the nice, it does you the wonderful favor of having a little exclamation point over ones that you don't already That's nice. have. That's so nice. I can easily identify, oh, I have to do this one. Even if I don't complete the no, you have to complete the quest to get the reward. It's like, even if I don't get a perfect chain, for example, right. like even if I break my perfect chain, it will still be worth it to me to complete the quest and get that card because yeah. it's not in my roster right now and I des desperately need it. So Endless World adds on so much ad additional depth and fun to the game that I never really thought there was going to be that much more after I beat the series quests. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have merely scratched the surface, Jarrett. I truly haven't even gotten into the meat of the game yet. <laughs> Which, I mean, is 
Really cool though, because like when you think of a th- rhythm game, especially, you don't think it's going to be that engaging. No, there's you think no it's going to be like you're going to play the songs, yeah. play them until you get tired of playing them, and, and you're done. Quit. Yeah, yeah, false. <laughs> but this one, for how much, how many layers it has? There's the, le- the onion. The peel onion, back the, the layers of the onion. Line. The the layers go so. And there's deep. a lot there. There's a lot. There. It's a hearty stew. And on top of that, just sort of, and especially with endless world and with trying to, uh, you know, get all the characters, get all the cards, it is sort of forcing me to even go back and play through tracks that I didn't really give that much attention to before. Mm. Like I've played Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Who hasn't, right? But I never really developed an appreciation for the Genova theme until I got to Final Bar Line because nice. there are approximately three to four remixes of the Genova theme. Well, and honestly, they all slap. They all go hard. And you're going to have to listen to it that intently to get the oh, like, boy, beats and, the, and yes. everything down. So yeah, you're going to study these you, songs. I, you really do. Like I cannot stress that the, the, it sounds like a, like a slight to, to to go onto YouTube and like try to help to or to go onto the Reddit as I often do to be like help how <laughs> do I fire off sixty <laughs> abilities? It sounds so dumb to be like okay, so you're struggling to get a high score on a song. Have you actually just sat there and listened to the song? Because honestly, looking at the screen and trying to sort of sight read your inputs yeah. is one way to play the game, and maybe that's where your strength will lie. But truly, you have to really listen and truly be on the rhythm. So sometimes I don't even like I'm at the stage for certain songs that I've played enough that I'm kind of barely looking at the screen. Yeah. I'm really just listening to the cues, and that's what's getting me the rainbow criticals. Because I can get the Criticals, but the rainbow criticals, you have to be on the beat to get Perfects those rainbow criticals. And I'm at the stage where I'm like trying to perfect into rainbow critic all rainbow critical uh, tracks. It's not working out for me yet, but I get a little closer every time, Jared. <laughs> I get just a little just bit getting closer. Just that sense of pride and accomplishment. And every really, time. sometimes looking at the screen is what's actually messing me up. It's yeah. like, no, I just need the vaguest out of the corner of my eye idea of what direction the button needs to go in. Is it a holder? Is it a slide? And then really just listen to the music so that you can get the beat. It's one of those things that like so often comes true when playing a game you can sit there and just like bash against a wall trying to like get through it at a certain point but sometimes if you just take a break take a step back go back to the basics yep. of just listening to the music sometimes it's about the appreciation exactly it's about uh, like sure you can listen to the music but do you feel the music <laughs> are you feeling it in your soul because if not you're probably not going to get all rainbow criticals so it's it's just what i'm trying to say is it has given me a much greater uh both attention to and by extension of that appreciation for the the true like core of final fantasy songs and how each of the different series really has its own personality to nice. it nice and that might be not be something that you would really uh, pick up on if you're just sort of a casual RPG player yeah. or if you've only occasionally played a Final Fantasy game here and there. There are games I've never even touched, like uh, 13. Mm-hmm. 13, 13, 2, 13 Lightning Returns. There were three games in that series. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I never would have known that sort of the main driving force behind that specific series is the killer violin. Oh. I never would have understood that if I hadn't have actually played Final Bar Line. So... It's just a whole new world of music for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what a great way to get to like yeah. a, to fully like 
learn and, and like and delve into the music too. Yeah. That's really cool. Is there? Do you think though, if you're not a Final Fantasy fan, but say you're just like a rhythm game fan, uh, yes, would you absolutely. like it still, or yes. would is or not have being like familiar with the music and everything? Would no. that be? I think you would a detraction. Absolutely okay. not. I think you would still get so much enjoyment out of it. With that being said, now that I am a more fleshed out player, I do have a list of complaints. Ah. <laughs> so, so you might remember previously from my initial first impressions. I think I had nothing bad to say yeah, about the game. Yeah, I, I really think it was that just all but changed. glowing praise. <laughs> that has since changed, and there are a few specific quality of life things that I think would make a whole world of difference in taking the game from a 9 to a 12 out of 10. Mm. So specifically, uh, some of the cons. The stage and screen gives very little useful information. So mm. what, what, do I, what do I mean by that? Oh, the stage and screen. Oh, yes! Okay, so that's what I was going with this. Sorry, I, my notes confused me. The so whenever you complete a song, um, you get graded on it, right? So that's where you figure out, okay, what was my breakdown of rainbows to criticals sure. to greats? And it'll give you that information. It'll show you how many you got for each and how they factored into your score. And then it'll also show you what your character's stats were at the end of the song. That's good to know. You know, did you pull off some some stuff that got, gave them more strength or more magic? That's very helpful to know. And then it'll even give you a little graph that shows you, okay, on the notes that you weren't rainbow critical, were you early were you late? Yeah. That's pretty helpful to know as well. But it is missing so much other fucking information <laughs> that really matters for the endless world shit. Yeah. And, and really for a lot of the quests as well. So things that I really wish they would build into the end screen. How many abilities were triggered during the song? Oh, it doesn't tell you that? It doesn't tell you. It does not tell wow. you. So you have to literally... Now, there is a way to play back your song so that sure. you can see, okay, was I off? Was I early? Blah, blah, blah. How many abilities went off? But even then, because if you're getting to the stage of I need to activate 60 plus abilities, it's really hard to keep track yeah. of. But how would because you? Because you've probably got characters like Vivi or Lightning 2 or uh, Terra with dual cast, which dual cast means that an ability goes off twice. Oh. But if you've got multiple characters in your roster that can double cast their abilities, you really start to lose track. Right. Because generally abilities uh, fire on a specific amount of triggers being hit or a specific type of condition being met, which are really common. So you might have all of your characters activating abilities all at once, and it's so easy to just be like, oh my god, I can't tell if that was 10 or 12. I don't know how many abilities actually activated there. And the end screen doesn't tell you. That's, that is kind of It's whack. whack, man. So the end screen doesn't tell you how many abilities were triggered in a song. It really needs to tell you that. It should just tell you how many enemies you defeated. Mm. I just want to know. And it's not a big deal because counting the amount of enemies you killed is much easier than counting abilities. Sure. You just go back and watch the song. But I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to watch my playback to know how many enemies I killed. Just tell me on the end screen. Right. The other thing is how much time. So this is, this is sort of nitpicky, and I don't really think it's that... I'm not even really sure how the game would do it per se, but I would like to be able to know how long it took you to beat the boss. Because for the quests that are, okay, defeat the boss in 25 seconds, most players probably aren't necessarily going to need that information, right. but I really just kind of would have liked to have known. 
It is. Well, it also seems like how much information, you, yeah, the, the game gives you, it seems like you would want to know that. You, you would want to know that. Sitting along a very similar vein, I really want to be able to separate out the damage dealt. Ah. So that applies to a couple of specific things. I mean, when it comes to like, okay, how much damage did you deal with fire-based abilities? Sure. That matters in only a couple of scenarios, but like for specific bosses that require elemental damage, that'd be fucking good to know. It'd be really good to know how much wind damage, how much lightning damage right. I did to a boss because I really can't tell and sometimes you have to be able to deal you know, certain amounts of damage to kill somebody. So that would be good to know. It matters more, I think, when it comes to your summons. Mm. So by playing through specifically battle music tracks, it doesn't happen in field music tracks, you can actually activate your summon, which are your Ifrits, your Shivas, your, your Knights of the Rounds of the world. You can activate those and they usually deal a pretty massive amount of damage. But some of the quests are, okay, deal X amount of damage with a single fire off of one summon. And others are, just deal this much damage with summons. So you can either do it multiple times, or the quest might require that you do it just once. And it's really hard to tell in the heat of the moment how much damage, hi Sam, uh, how much damage your summon dealt. Uh, so that's unfortunate. And then my final complaint okay. about final bar line, and this is truly the maximum complaint that I have, is that the and I'm putting this in hefty air quotes. <laughs> the practice mode is literal. It's, it's useless. Yeah. So there is the ability to practice songs, but what that truly means in the case of Final Bar Line is simply that you don't die while you're, while you're doing the song. So practice mode does a couple of things that are just awful. So for starters, it's really just to play the notes. Mm -hmm. Your characters are not present. Oh. So if you're trying to practice a song to, for example... See if you can fire off those 60 abilities. Practice can't mode doesn't do actually do that for you. Oh, that's dumb. So you can't figure out how much damage you could theoretically do. You can't figure out how many abilities you could activate in practice mode. Right. You have to actually play the song. Now you can always exit Endless World and go out and go to the song and then play it over and over again to figure it out on your own. But my point is practice mode should tell you that. And then more importantly, there's no convenient way to actually practice the songs because what you can't do is slow the song down oh and for cases like ultimate mode and supreme mode the thing that you need to practice is being able to do the configurations of inputs fast enough to succeed at them mm. and in supreme mode I don't fucking know how you how you do that. I don't know how you do that. You just that. gotta practice supreme. So, so the game does allow you to slow down the speed of triggers, but here's the thing: slowing down the speed of the triggers does not slow the song down. Oh. So it so that is useless. That is useless for practice mode. Yeah. So practice mode, I don't even understand what it's there for. It must be just for like the basics. The like as only you're getting started thing that you thing? can do in practice mode is either rewind or fast forward by five second increments. Oh. So if you were trying to practice a specific part of the song over and over again that's kind of nice that's kind but that's really the only benefit of practice mode yeah is that you like don't die and that you can rewind and fast forward a little teeny tiny bit yeah. and even then it's still kind of annoying like it's not as fast as you would think it is so it's not great i don't they could make a much better practice mode so the lack of a good functioning practice mode where you can actually slow the fucking song down and the lack of a true in-game tutorial yeah. that tells you all of the hidden information that you would not otherwise know if you weren't on the Reddit like <laughs> I am. Uh, the, the, those are the two main complaints I have about the game. 
no real practice mode, no real tutorial beyond the bare, bare basics. Everything else is kind of just wishful thinking. More information on get. the end screen would be incredible, yeah. but for most players, it's probably not going to matter. But all that to be said... For the said, hardcore players, though. For the matters. hardcore players out there, and rhythm rhythm gamers, those are some hardcore people. There were some <laughs> hardcore gamers out I here. I know, I would, I would be like, I would play through the game once, every song once, and be like... Yeah, I got a good yeah, score on that yeah. one. Cool. Good enough. <laughs> no, uh, and I've actually, I think I've now completed 87 of the 100 feats. Damn, you're so close. The remaining 12 of them, I think, are perfectly doable for me. I nice. think I will not have a problem really grinding up to the max stats, the max levels, getting all the collector cards. I've got a really good item hunter team right now. Yeah. I think I'm going to be able to do that with just time and playing and having a good time. Supreme mode. <laughs> Supreme mode, 980,000, 9,800,000 points, yeah. whatever amount of points that is, <laughs> I you I don't think I'm going to be, I'm not going to say that I can't, because with enough practice, I think that I can. But I'm not going to promise that I can. I'm not going to promise it, because <laughs> truly, I mean, really, that's up to God at this point. <laughs> I'll have to pray on it's it. It's in his hands. It's in his, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I don't think. I could do it on my own. But uh, yeah, so Final Bar Line is, for the most part, a nearly perfect game. There are a few quality of life things that would send it over that edge, but the TLDR, the FBLR? Ah. <laughs> Anyways, the, fi the, the final verdict is that it's an excellent game. If you can find it on sale, so, uh, 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 Nines, Nines got a deal on Final oh, really? Bar Line recently. A Switch game went on sale? Yeah, he played, he, well, because it's not, uh, oh, it's, it's not, not a, Nintendo. yeah, it's not got an it. IP. Oh, that's true, uh, it's Square Enix probably, yep. right? So you can find it on, again, PS4, you can find it on the Switch. It is a game that goes on sale. It's got loads of DLC for the other gamers out there that are into that. Obviously, it costs a little bit, but it's not astronomically expensive. The game is so worth it. I'm begging you to buy it and play it and then get on the Discord and play battle mode with me. <laughs> and that's all that I'll say about it. Well, very cool. It's not like, again, the more you talk about it, the more I'm shocked by how many layers there are to this game. Because when you first talked about it, I really did just think it was going to be the basic theater, I mean, rhythm game, <laughs> theater rhythm game, where it is just like, you know, you, I mean, you do, you do the guitar you here, do the you guitar do the theory, inputs, you do that's the thing. all there is exactly. to it. Wrong. But it's really cool <laughs> to see there's so, so many more there. different uh, <laughs> levels into it and really rewarding for people who are fans of yeah. these RPGs and oh, everything like that. Oh, one more tip for any gamers that are playing it. Terra and Ace. Pick those two. So Final Fantasy uh, Type Zero, play that series really early on. And then Final Fantasy Six or Five, I forget which one Terra is from. I think she's from Six, but it might be Five. Anyways, make sure you play both of those series early on so that you can unlock Terra and Ace. They are the two most useful characters you will ever get in that game. Get them. Boom. There you have it. And there also, you have our two reviews of Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. Did I say it right? Yes. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. A one, much smaller, one, <laughs> easier to say name for a game. <laughs> one game to get you spooked into the pits of hell. Another game to bring you back out with some uplifting tunes. I've played well over 100 hours of Final Fantasy. Damn, Marline, And really? I'm not even close. I mean, that Supreme Mode is going to take me at least across wow. the 200 mark. So it's a big, meaty game. That is a big, meaty yeah. game. I thought, again, you were going to say like 40, yeah. 50. 
No. And wow. I, I regret to inform you, 100 hours is one of the feats. So, yeah, so, if you, <laughs> so you got to hit it. You got to get, get to that 100 hours, guys. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, I hope that you have enjoyed our two reviews of these two great and fantastic games that we think you should go out and play. And if you do, let us know by writing us in the comments below, uh, joining our Discord, talking about it with us there, or... You know, we still even have an email address that you can send us <laughs> questions, comments, and what have you to at teamchatpockets at gmail.com. So all those different ways to get a, get a hold of us, we'd love to hear from you. But I do think that gr- draws this episode to a close. Until next time, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Adios. And soon I shall be able to end it with and stick around for the song. But that's not today. Until then, we'll see you all next time. 